another episode of the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us. Stadium Journey is the ultimate website for the traveling sports fan. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, contains over 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and more. Actually, we're 2,501 now because I did a new one. In addition to the website, we are all over social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Like, follow, comment, and share everywhere. The Stadium Journey podcast is now part of the new and improved HIAC Talk Radio Network. You can find this podcast and all of HIAC's great content just by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on your podcast search app or on Spotify. Just look for the shiny new black and red logo. In addition, all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. Perfect for binge watching on a rainy day like it is in Massachusetts right now. And if you're looking for any audio-only episodes of our back catalog, you can still find those at VOTNation.com. And if you want to watch the show live, like our friend Greg is right now, the Stadium Journey podcast streams live Tuesday nights at 8 on twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Although today, it's 7. We're recording a little earlier. Go figure. we got a guest from the West Coast. We start earlier. Hey. And now, let me introduce our starting lineup. Dave Cotney is with us, as always. You can follow him. Online at Profan9. Mark Vika can be found at Ballpark Hunter. Dan Calachico, the above average comedian, is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. And tonight we are happy to be joined by Eric Mertens. Fans of the Tri City Dust Devils may know him by a different name, Eric the Peanut Guy. He is the on field host for the Dust Devils and, like us, an avid minor league baseball fan. Eric, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. This is great to meet all of you face to face. And I really do appreciate the time change. Thank you. I know I'm the odd man out here. So thank you guys. Oh, no problem. We have no worries about doing the show early. Uh, I don't know. Mark's Mark's pretty odd. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy, you know, I had an invite to have some martinis down by my friend's pool today. (laughs) It wasn't going to be enough time, so oh, man. I, I like the earlier time. Could have been, I, I was going to do it from his poll, but I'm like, yeah, it might be a little bit too wasted to do the show, so <laughs> I, I said Ixay. That could have been great for another reason. That would have been fun. That would have been... Well, I did bring some Sky Vodka with me. Oh, so. good. I was going to say, I spirit. owe you a drink, then. I owe you All a right. drink. Hey, when I get out to the Tri-Cities and look at that giant sunshade at the stadium, yes. Yeah, throw back at you. We'll have some martinis together. That's a problem. All right. right. So, so Eric, how does one go about becoming the peanut guy? Man, great question. Um, So in 2001, the Portland Rockies short season affiliate of the Colorado Rockies moved from Portland, Oregon, up the Columbia River to the Tri-Cities, Washington. And I was a senior in high school. I was super excited about going to affiliated minor league games, but I didn't really have a lot of money. So uh, my best friend at the time had just been hired as a peanut vendor. And he said, Eric, we need a second peanut vendor. If you come work with me, you can get paid to come to ball games." And I thought that that was a great idea to my 18 year old mind. So I did. And um, I, Johnny, the peanut guy, and then me, Eric, the peanut guy did that for two years. And then after the second year, our on-field host moved on to other things. And so our general manager came to me and said, Hey, we, we love what you do with the peanut selling. Like I got to know the fans really well. We, we would lead cheers. We'd kind of make, make a good time of it. He said, can you keep doing, keep doing that, but then do the on-field promotions in between? Can you do both? 
I said, sure. So everyone knew me as Eric, the peanut guy. Um, but now I'm mostly the on-field host and sometimes I still sell peanuts. <laughs> yeah. As someone who managed the vendors at McCoy stadium for several years, I can't imagine having in, putting any of those guys, giving them that kind of responsibility. <laughs> I just... <laughs> well, I didn't know you were at McCoy. That's amazing. Yeah. 12 That's... years I worked for McCoy. Dang. My mom and I got to visit that place a few years ago on one of our ballpark road trips. That was fun. Oh, beautiful. So knowing minor league baseball, like I do, uh, was there a pay increase when you got to be the on, on, <laughs> on field host, or was it just one of those, Hey, do this too. I think you answered your own question. Knowing minor league baseball, as you do. um, I will say though, we, we got new ownership, um, a couple of years after I made that switch and we're now owned by, uh, Brett sports, Brett brothers, George, Brett, Bobby, Brett, they own a couple of other minor league teams and they are amazing. Their management is super some of the best leaders i've ever worked for so when that happened i did get a little bump and they've worked with me over the years but that initial that initial shift no i did not <laughs> so we've so, had a lot we've had a lot of people over the last couple of months because it's been a big crazy off season in minor league baseball yeah. so how did the reshuffling of the minor league deck affect you all over in tri-city um that's what has been uh, taking all the space up in my mind for the past, you know, 20 months or whatever, because ultimately it ended up pretty good for the Tri-City Dust Devils. But initially we were on that initial cut list that leaked, um, which shocked all of us and dismayed all of us, just like every other, you know, all the other 42 teams that were on that list. But um, they, they came out, the, the plan was to, disaffiliate two of the eight teams in the Northwest league. There's eight teams in our league and um, we're the smallest market. So at, right away I thought, Oh shoot. You know, if they're just going to look at market size, that's no good. However, we had a lot of things going for us. Um, we were already in the middle of a multi-million dollar stadium upgrade. Um, we, the city of Pasco where the ballpark is had already committed to that even before these rumors started flying. Um, we are geographically right in the middle of the league. And so they came out with new travel mileage restrictions with how many buses and overnight travel. And we are the only team in the league that is under the mileage requirements. All the other teams were over it. Um, so, and also there was talk of moving our league to a full season league. We used to, we've been short season for 20 years. And the Tri-Cities, Washington, is in a very temperate climate. It's high desert, sunny almost all the year. People play baseball almost year-round around here. So if you wanted wow. to expand the season to early April, um, we're one of the only teams that aren't going to get rained out constantly. So um, I think because of all those reasons and, again, the great management and the work they did behind the scenes, um, not only did we kind of survive the shift, but we – got promoted with the rest of our league to now a high A league, which is two jumps, two levels up from where we used to be. And, and how has the response been so far? I know it's only about a month into the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been well, tough a little too. over a month, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're still in Washington state. We're still only at limited capacity for, okay. for games. That's going to shift in a few weeks on July 1st, that changes to hundred percent. Oh, perfect. Um, but we've been hitting that capacity most nights 
And what's been really cool is that we have a pretty educated fan base. So all, all of this talk of contraction was not lost on our community. So they've been following everything and everyone's just so grateful that we have affiliated high level minor league baseball. Um, what's interesting is that we're, we're Seattle Mariners territory. Everyone loves the Mariners up here. And like I said, everyone in the Tri-Cities, baseball is a huge part of our culture here. So when we learned we were shifting from uh, a Padres affiliate to the Los Angeles Angels affiliate, a lot of people are like, mm. you know, interdivision with the Mariners. But um, everyone's like, hey, we, we have baseball. We are so excited. The Angels have committed to a 10-year, you know, uh, contract with, with the Tri-Cities. So the reception's been really good. And then one thing about your ballpark that I wasn't aware of in, until I spoke with you a few months ago, less than a few months ago, yeah. is, uh, you know, we look at oddities at ballparks and, and Segura Stadium has one of the unique, most unique features, a giant sunshade that it gets so darn hot there that they had to build a, an extension. And when you think of Washington State, un, unbeknownst to most of us, we think of Seattle weather. Right but obviously high desert. So how hot did it get? Uh, Cause yeah. I would hear that people on the third base side would be cooking like yeah. bacon. Yes. Well um, this Sunday we have a game, 6 PM game, game uh, first pitch time. And it will be 111 degrees at first pitch. 111. That's a dry yeah. heat. Yes. <laughs> dry heat. It's a dry heat. It's a dry um, heat folks. Yeah. So yeah, man, like if you're not from the Northwest, the geography could be surprising. The Cascade Mountain Range goes right down the middle of Washington and Oregon. So everything west of the Cascades, Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, BC, you have more rainy weather, kind of the coastal climate. But east of the mountains, we're in the rain shadow. So very sunny, very dry most of the year. Um, gets really hot, especially around the Tri-Cities and Yakima area, Walla Walla area. So um, when they built Giza Stadium, they faced it south. Giza. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, they faced it south to face okay. the Columbia River and these, these hills that are like the foothills to the Cascade Mountains. It's this beautiful backdrop. But because they did that, <laughs> the entire third base side on the field and in the stands were just baking like 110, 115 degrees regularly on these metal bleachers. And oh my God. It, our attendance suffered, obviously. No one wanted to sit there. Um, so one of the first things the Brett brothers did when they, when they bought the team was to um, use some of their money and the state had some money that they were giving to all the minor league teams in Washington state, um, some surplus budget money to build a one, $1 million humongous sunshade that's behind the first base bleachers, first base stands, um, but at game time at 7 p.m. every night, this the shade covers every seat in the ballpark and the infield. So, and it decreases the temperature um, at least about 10 degrees on average. Wow, that's, what a neat that's feature! Just a, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Like it's unlike anything too. I've seen other shades, like the ballpark in Yakima used to have like a big tarp thing. I know Boise used to have a blimp. They would try to like. Oh really? Like, so so this is something like. Goes on. Okay, I was unaware of that. Yeah, That's the amazing. inland northwest, the the between the Rockies and the Cascades, everyone's trying to figure out the shade. But I think we got a winning design with ours. What about a dome stadium? Will we ever see right? that? Yeah, a mildly <laughs> retractable roof. Oh stadium. man, 
If that ever happens, I'll meet you all there. First of its guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. It reminds me a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, Fitzner, Paul. This, oh, the, that was one that could have used a shade or a oh, um, uh, uh, a shade. Could have used exterior. Oh, metal, metal stadium with uh, no shade. Forget it. Oh, was that Potomac? That yeah, was, yeah. Oh I my, visit that one once, but not for a game. Oh, I'm so sorry, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> not for a game. So he got not lucky. for a game. I uh, just yeah, to buy a hat. Yeah, there. You, okay, okay. There he got out of it then, because it's just I'd be so excited because you know Philly transplant to Northern Virginia. Okay, it's baseball. I'll go. It's literally not to give away. It's right there. Um, so it's like, yeah, yeah, go. And then you get there in the summer, you're like, I'm good. This is too hot. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's right. Second inning, I'm done. <laughs> hey, so, Dave, you're being so patient. I, I am. I'm polite like that. Canadian, you know? So anyway, no, I'm kidding, Dave. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, you guys are going from uh, an eight-team league that played a short season to a six-team league that's playing a long season. Yeah. Uh, at what point do you think like fatigue of seeing the same five teams is going to set in, or or do you think it will, or like is it even going to matter? What do you think? That's a great question, Dave. That was my first thought when they said they were going to contract two teams from our league. I was like, pick another league. There are leagues that have, you know, 20 teams. <laughs> um, and, you know, now we're doing like, like all of affiliated minor league ball, we have six game series. So we see pitchers twice in the series now. Wow. Um, not only that, but this year they paired up, like they're not travel partner teams, but the next nearest team geographically, you're going to play them a lot more. Cause they want that, they want to cut down on travel, I think for COVID. But so we see the Spokane yeah. Indians, like at over a third of the season, we'll play the Spokane Indians, something like that. <laughs> Sounds like gonna... an AHL schedule to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, uh, cut down the travel, but, but you have to take three buses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they're, they're working it out. They're figuring it out. But Dave, I think, we're going to find out by the end of the season. I mean, we're still early enough in the season where, for example, tonight we start a six game series against the Everett Aqua Sox. First time Everett's come to the tri cities this season. So our fans are excited. Not only that, but there are Mariners affiliate who are stacked with Mariners prospects. So all the local baseball fans are excited for that, but yeah, man, I think like in a month or two, I would love to reconnect on this question to see how we're feeling. But, but from your perspective as an employee, Mm-hmm. This must be great. I mean, you're one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off. And they, I mean, the the, it's got to be the. I don't know. They they must have hired like a kindergartner to do the the schedule or something. Like just somebody wrote it on a napkin because this has got to be the easiest schedule ever created. It's yeah, so simple. But you gotta you must be liking that a, a week on and a week off. I do, man. Yeah, and I work at Gonzaga University. Uh, during the school year. That's kind of my full-time day job. Um, and so it's been really nice to kind of talk to my supervisors at Gonzaga, like, Hey, this week, can I work remotely or this week? Because Gonzaga is in Spokane, which is about two and a half hours from the Tri-Cities. So, you know, it's a little bit of a drive and, um, but not only that. So yes, I, as, as an employee, I kind of like that and I can schedule little vacations or go hang out with my girlfriend on this week, but then the team is home this week. Um, but the fans, I, 
I'm starting to feel like the fans kind of like it too, because instead of, you know, staring at a magnet schedule for 10 minutes, trying to figure out when the next series is or a three gamer, then we're on the road for seven and then back home for five, you know, they can say, Hey, this week we were going to Dustell's game this week. We're going to the beach or whatever. I know for planning road trips, though, it's been super inconvenient because if you're taking a week's vacation somewhere, you're either going to hit a team or you're going to miss them. Yes. No, you're yes. right. So I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying meeting a lot of you because I follow some of you. Or it should be all. It will be after this um, on social media. And I don't go anywhere. That's cool. <laughs> okay. You go to the fits. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, that's a good point. Hey, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> Right he's Canadian. He's not where you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, like like you all and most of you, I go on ballpark road trips every year. And um, I just got back from one about a week ago. I hit Idaho, Utah, Western Colorado. But there was one day when no teams were home. Um, I hate when that happens. It's like, yeah. what do you do? You go crazy. Seriously. You know what I did do is I was in Salt Lake that, that day. So I saw the, the Sandlot movie helps, site. Though. And, oh, nice. Um, okay, helps out. Went to that some like out. old baseball sites. Yeah. 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 It, helps out. it helps out when you're a major city. When you're in Montgomery, Alabama with a day to kill. Autograph wow. stage pitcher. That's from wow. him. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to see any, don't want to see any Civil War, Confederacy, uh, um, you know, uh, what do you, cemeteries. Oh, in Montgomery? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a Confederate <laughs> uh, cemetery. Okay. Dude, oh, no. My mom and I went to Montgomery a few years ago, and I think I read a historical marker at the ballpark that one of the buildings used to be yes. a prisoner of war jail. Yeah, POW yes. for yes, the Union was. soldiers. It was. That's a, Yeah, that blew my mind. That, that is amazing to think that, that that building is that old and it's a part of that ballpark. Yeah. But that's and what I love the, about it. Great. I mean, Riverwalk oh. Stadium is a beautiful stadium. Don't get me wrong. I had a right. great time there. I just didn't like Montgomery that much. And that oh. was a few years ago. Maybe things have changed. So. Yeah. If it has, please contact me. Let me know what to do in Montgomery when you don't have a baseball game to go to. You're, <laughs> I could have spent more time in Birmingham, which I did have a, a good time at. So. I think that's the new secret now. You got to make sure you're in a nice city on the yeah. Monday. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. And you know, Paul, to your point um, about trying to fill in the gaps with the scheduling, I've been going to more uh, collegiate woodbat games. That's what, I, that's what we do, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I, I wouldn't have gone to the Canyon County Spuds, you know, if, if they hadn't scheduled that way. And I had a blast. They're brand new team in the Expedition League. And I might be going to a game in Butte in a few weeks. But because of that, because of the scheduling discrepancies. But that's fine. It, it, it's nice. You know, I love going to those smaller type of uh, co collegiate football leagues. You know, I, I did a few road trips that included that as well. And mm. I would say the six or seven that I've been to this year, all have been very unique and different from one another. You know, there has not yeah. been that one, hasn't been that one experience where I said, okay, this is similar to where I was a few, few weeks ago. Right. Everything's been a little bit different, including the ballpark, the food, the atmosphere, the fans. I've, I've been to some, I, there was one I went to this weekend that was really odd and I may okay. talk about it later on, but uh, we'll <laughs> talk about that later. I'm intrigued. But, uh, yeah. So not uh, one thing else I want to let the, the viewers know, if you, if you ever go to the ballpark uh, in Tri-Cities, there are two giant-sized bobbleheads. <laughs> one is a guy you may know named Russell Wilson, Super Bowl MVP or Super Bowl quarterback, I should say. And the other one is uh, Eric himself, 
the peanut guy. So yeah. how did you get a bobblehead with a future NFL Hall of Famer, perhaps? And yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, so you have Russell, to. That's an honor. That's an honor. It, it totally is. I, so Russell Wilson played for the Dust Devils in 2010 when he was first drafted. Um, he was still in college playing college yeah. football, too, but the Rockies drafted him. So he spent a summer here in the Tri-Cities. So, again, huge sports community, Tri-Cities, Washington. Everyone's a Seahawks fan, Mariners fan, so we have to eat that up. Um, Last year, obviously, was rough for everyone. Um, But about halfway through the summer, I realized, like, my mental health was kind of not doing good. And I realized part of that was because this is the first year in 20 years that um, I hadn't been at a dust devils game and with my friends and the season ticket holders and slinging peanuts, you know, like, and, um, so Daryl Ebert, our general manager called me up and he's like, Hey man, next time you're in town, let's come on out to the ballpark. We'll have a beer and just catch up. And he, Daryl Ebert and Brent miles our vice president GM and president are two of the best men I've ever met in my life. So I was like, yeah, of course I, I need that. So I get to the ballpark. And not only is Daryl there, but the whole front office who are, again, amazing people. And it was like a reunion because we hadn't seen each other for a year. Um, And we turned the corner to where I thought we were just going to go shoot the breeze and have a beer. And there's a gigantic life-size bobblehead statue of me staring back at me. And uh, it was very emotional, very emotional. Um, And in that split second, a lot of what I had missed from that year got refilled, like my empty tank kind of got refilled. And um, so they were going to unveil it on opening day 2020, which never happened. And so they kind of unveiled it to me as a surprise last last August, I think. Did, did, they, did they give you a raise with it or? There's <laughs> <laughs> your raise. No comment. Yeah. Yeah. Head. You get a bobblehead. <laughs> or, did, or did they give you an invoice? Yeah. <laughs> well, that bobblehead's not free, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's cool. I'm just kidding. Well, but what's cool is that the, the bobblehead was sponsored by a friend of mine, Dr. Reddig, who is a chiropractor in the Tri-Cities. He owns a couple businesses and um, they sponsored the bobblehead. And so not only was it like the Dust Devils front office, but some of our fans who were part, just a big part of the baseball community here and they came together to pay, pay for it. So. Well, I do know what you're saying, Eric, because uh, my time with the Paw Stocks, it was it wasn't really a job. It was a family. And I've never had a, a workplace that treated me as well as the Paw Sox did during my oh, time. There. I'm happy to hear that. I didn't get a bobblehead, but, you know. Hey, well. There was, there were some great other perks I, I enjoyed in my time there. Yeah, you probably deserved one, sounds like. <laughs> no, geez, 12, 12 years didn't even put me in the top 10 there. Oh, and of course, man. Of course, only a couple of them made it up to Worcester. But, yeah, there were some people who were there for their life their adult lifetime so you know what i love about visiting ballparks on the east coast is just like the history i mean we have history over here too don't get me wrong but like you could feel the history when i was walking around mccoy stadium just like the legacy of that place well i hit you over the head with it they had displays everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely right so uh you know yeah since since you are a fellow traveler let's talk about some of your travels and some of the the great places that you've been and some of your favorite spots. Oh man, I could talk about this for hours. This is well, we, we've got hours, <laughs> man. Well, well how, how long do you have? Yeah, I'm about <laughs> set a game tonight, folks. Change for the game. Come on out to Giza Stadium. We'll do this out there. Um, 
Yeah, about six years ago, I realized that I finally like had a, an income that I said, hey, I can buy a plane ticket and just pay for a vacation, go visit ballparks for a week or something. Before, That's I would always... Idea. Yeah. My wife still is not on board with that what? thinking. Although... Oh. Man, well, I'll see if I could talk to her, but... Oh, I got <laughs> um, no complaints. She just won't do a, a plane specific... Which we have, actually. I, I, I can't lie. But oh, good. The, the spur of the moment, hey, let's just go for the week. Let's go to Tampa, because we haven't been there yet. No, yeah, no, no, no. we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, I used to... I mean, I used to just... When I would travel for like a wedding or work trip, I would always find the nearest, you know, minor league park or major league park and tag it on, you know, buy a hat. My thing is I like buying on-field hats. Um, but so anyway, about six years ago, I thought, wait a second, like I can just go visit ballparks. So I looked at the map of the, of the United States and found the most condensed <laughs> bubble of minor league parks so i flew into um raleigh durham raleigh north carolina and hit 27 that parks in seven days yeah 27 I, parks in seven days yeah not all games you just oh visited. no yeah oh okay. okay sorry yeah that would that'd be weird um i would that'd visit, be awesome i know right gosh it'd be like that'd be more than i could ever imagine i, I would be like no more ballparks <laughs> I'm do you remember yeah. a few years ago when will ferrell was doing a uh, spring training games in phoenix in arizona and he would hop from ballpark to ballpark and play one yes game. yes and he I had a helicopter that. pick him up from each of the spring training yeah it's yeah. easy to do in phoenix you're absolutely right yeah. right yeah well so anyway I that north carolina that trip north carolina trip i just fell in love with a rental car an open road some solitude and visiting minor league parks and so i'm with I, you brother Man, I've been so blessed. I've, I've visited about 150 ballparks. Um, 123 of them were active minor league parks up until this past year with all the shifts. Yes. And I've been to, I think, 23 major league parks. And I've been to a game at about a third of that number. So I'll, I'll okay. end each day at a game, but like visit, you know, other ones during the day. You know, Eric, we yeah. are looking for a correspondent in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we we do uh, need a course. Yes, we Let's do need some passport. updates. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I would. Yeah, yeah. Let me know more. Um, we need up. that. We Sign need that Washington up. State. We need that Washington State football review. Uh, I've I've been there. I grew up going to Cougar. Oh goodness! I don't think we had. I think there's like one college football stadium in somewhere in that area. Is it Washington State or is it somewhere else? That has never been reviewed or hasn't been reviewed in years just because we don't have somebody out there. Could be. Well, it's probably Washington State. Yeah, it's probably Washington State. Do you get, That's... when you go to the game, do they give you like a a glossary of what the heck Mike Leach is talking about? <laughs> we, man, I wish he was still here. His press conferences were just pure gold, as I'm sure you know. And I think he's a I, weird dude. <laughs> Dude, Pullman, Washington is a beautiful college town in the middle of these rolling wheat fields. It's picturesque. It's majestic. But it's in the middle of nowhere. And so it takes a special coach, you know, to live there and succeed there, which he did for a while. But All right. Where were we? I forgot. <laughs> oh, we some of the best about... places you've been, Eric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're preaching yeah. to the choir with that road trip thing. Yeah, that gets in your blood. Once oh, you man. do it and you plan that road trip and you're like, oh, I got a game every night. Wait, I can do two games on this day. Yeah. Because we're, we're going 
we're having our annual get together down in North Carolina. And as soon as, you know, the, the fun was on and I know I've got planned 11 games in nine days while I'm down there. So, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to follow along. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hear you. So yeah. Regale us with some good stories, man. That's why we got you here. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So that first trip to the Carolinas, um, my, I was most anticipating Asheville, the Asheville tourists. And they used to be the, so when the dust, the dust devils were a Rockies affiliate for our first 14 years. Um, and Asheville was the team right above us in low a. So when dust devils got promoted, they go to Asheville and that's what happened to Russell Wilson. He only played for two minor league teams, tri-city dust devils and Asheville tourists. But I'd read so much about the history of McCormick field and just the picturesque Blue Ridge mountains. And so that's probably one of my favorites of all time. Um, I got to do a Florida trip, but also a little bit of the South um, with my best friend, Putty and um, Pensacola, a ballpark in the Gulf of Mexico, basically like on a little peninsula, you know, yeah. <laughs> like in the water on three sides. And what I love, I love, I love minor league branding, logos, hats, colors, uniforms. And the fact that their colors are navy blue and neon pink. And then you sit there at a ball game and the sky is blue with neon pink sunsets. I mean, I just was like, this is genius. Um, that's one of my favorites. My mom and I got to do, we flew into Memphis and we got to do like Tennessee and that's when we hit Montgomery and Birmingham. Um, but Memphis and Nashville were amazing ballparks. I loved how Memphis was like built into the downtown. That is very nice how they oh did it. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, and we came out yeah. of the game and we went to like Beale Street. That's Memphis, right? Beale Street? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, and there were like Memphis. bands playing and there were like carriages and there was like a parade going by. And yeah. we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm partial to some ballparks out West, of course, I'm sure West coast bias, but that's okay. We, we don't talk enough about the West coast. So, okay. We'd love, we, we'd love to hear. You're absolutely right. We do. We do not talk about all those beautiful West coast minor league ballparks, the Cal former California league ones. Yeah. Uh, so t go on rant rave. <laughs> awesome. Hey, that's very, I appreciate that. Um, my first ever favorite minor league park is San Jose um, because everything has a mural on it everything's painted they have maybe i i didn't get to go to a game at mccoy but you said like they hit you over the head with nostalgia and history i have a feeling that san jose is like that too and it's just fun like there's like murals on all the walls there's footprints painted on the concourse um just seems like a really fun place um the tacoma rainiers is one of my favorite triple a ballparks it's, it's yeah. beautiful it, it feels like you're it feels like you're in the Northwest. I mean, it's got wood, wooden architecture, Native American artwork. You can see Mount Rainier from, from the seats. Um, I, I love Missoula, uh, Missoula, Montana. Go Paddleheads. My girlfriend and I are going there in a few weeks, um, meeting up with fun. some. I love to get the hat from there. Yeah. Oh, man. I, okay. So they, last summer, uh, she and I went there for a weekend. And of course, no baseball, but they had trivia nights at the ballpark, movies on the big screen. I ended up buying seven Missoula hats when I was there. Seven. They just have the coolest logo. Yeah. No, they do. Yeah. Now, do you, now, now I was just at a, a ballpark in Schaumburg, Illinois, and they had a really nice looking cap. It was tricolor, 
They didn't yeah. have my size. They just had small, medium. Now, how do you just have a small, medium this early in the season? I, 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 I can give devastated. you the answer to that, Mark. Uh, check your phone, Bill. Your wife phoned ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hide all the hats. It was twenty dollars. No, I just well, there's a lot of wives must have been calling Shopper Boomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I looked at them and I said, "What? You you don't have an extra large, large or a medium large?" And it's a beautiful hat. The Schomburg Boomers have great-looking jerseys. I even was talking to the bullpen about it oh, during man. the game. They, they really have sharp colors, and I would have loved to have been wearing that right now, even though it's yeah. wrong with the Metsies. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's their loss. They lost 20 bucks for me. Dang. So, yeah. So, Eric, when you do uh, 27 ballparks in seven days, um, how do you decide do you which ones you actually – go to when they're you know functional when that when there's something going on yeah so my that's a great question what one of my favorite things to do so uh, my dad he passed away four years ago but he was an engineer and we have german heritage so planning things gets us excited <laughs> <laughs> and so my favorite thing to do is when I, i'll pick a region of the country and wait for all the game schedule the season schedules to come out and like we were talking about before this year, you know, it was a hodgepodge of homestands and lengths of homestands and, um, and to see, okay, like I'm flying into Raleigh. Well, both the Carolina Mudcats and the Durham Bulls are home that night. But so I'll visit, I'll run to Zebulon and like visit the Mudcats real quick, but I want to catch a game at Durham because I've heard so much about that ballpark. So, and then, you know, um, some of the teams I wanted to see weren't home. So those would be the ones I'd visit during the day and the teams that were home that night, if they were within, you know, a five hour driving radius and that's where I'd end up and kind of piece together where it goes. But, um, on that specific trip, I would, the farthest South I was going to go was going to be Columbia, South Carolina. But I realized like that morning I found a Starbucks and I was like drinking my coffee. Cause you're right. I don't get any sleep on these trips as I'm sure you all have experience with, um, but uh, I was doing some math and I looked on my map and I was like, I could drive down to Charleston. I would have about 10 minutes to visit their ballpark, buy a hat, take some photos, hit the road and get back to Columbia in time for the game for the Fireflies game. And that's what I did. And when I told people I was in Charleston for 20 minutes, like they want to slap me. They're like, it's like the most historic city in the country. And you were there for 20 minutes. <laughs> but I saw the ballpark. I saw what I needed to see. I had a friend that lived there. I saw her for like five minutes and then hit the road again. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could pull or describing I mean, my I... process. Yeah. This is really freaking me out, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't do the quick hit. I like to spend some time. The only difference is I like to spend some time in the city. So I'll, if I've got a day and you know, you mentioned Columbia, yeah. I'll, I'll check out every good thing there is to do in Columbia or as many as I can fit in. I think I might need to start doing that more, to be honest, because I'm missing out on a lot. Oh, Mark, Mark I think you're muted. You muted, Mark. That's, sorry, I had an air, airplane go by. No, I was saying with Eric, I was like that too. I would just go to a ballpark and come back. When I lived in New Jersey, I drove to Pittsfield, Mass, just to check out uh, a game up there at their historic park. Yeah. I, and I was smart enough, I just would have you know, got a hotel and, and maybe checked out some other ballparks in the area. 
you know, just like Springfield, Illinois, I went out there a few weeks ago and checked out Route 66, the Lincoln Monument. Oh, cool. Uh, checked out some cool stuff out there instead of just driving back home. Uh, yeah. Went out to Alton. So, yeah, and sometimes, you know, I, I'm with you there. Like when we went to Des Moines a few years ago for a meetup, there was a ballpark 90 miles away in this small little town. It was it was a small little college football league. I can't even think of the name off the top of my head. I want to say Carrollton, Iowa. And I wanted to go there. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I wanted to hang out with the rest of the Stadium Journey people that night in Des Moines. Yeah. I got to really fall in love with Des Moines just because I didn't just chase a ballpark. Uh, and sometimes that's, you know, that's that's hard not to do. You know, you want to go yeah. to every ballpark. You get excited. You know, I was telling my sister-in-law on Sunday, she wanted me to go to church with them, uh, a Baptist church. I wasn't interested. I said, hey, I'm going up to Schaumburg to check out their, their game. And I told you, you know that feeling you get when you church? That's kind of how I feel when I go to a ballpark. So yeah, we had a, we had a talk, come to G conversation about that. So yeah, it, it is hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's hard. But sometimes when you sit around and you visit the city and you get to go to some cool place to eat or check out a monument or a museum, or just walk the downtown. That that's also exciting too. You know, like Traverse City. If you ever get down to Traverse City, oh, Michigan, uh, just don't go. I was just there for the day. I or I mean overnight. I wish I would have spent a couple days there. There was a lot of other things to see there, and there was no reason for me to return as quickly as I did. It, it's it's got to be it's got to be more than just the checklist. Like if it's if you just chase the checklist, then it's. I mean, I don't know. Can you can you can you count it? Well, yeah, I waved at I waved at that place as I drove by. <laughs> right, Dave once referred to ballpark chasing as Pokemon one time. Yeah, and yeah, you gotta you gotta catch a ball. Right, you know this is really good. I this is the conversation I need to have more with people who understand because, again, as the son of a German American engineer, the checklist is like the most important part, and so I'm like, gotta get there, gotta you know check it off, buy a hat, take a photo, check, did it. Um, but um, I've been really blessed. My mom has come on some of these trips with me after dad passed away. My best friend, Putty, my girlfriend, Karina, and they are always the ones like saying, I was with Putty in um, Southern Virginia and we were driving between Salem, Virginia and Norfolk. And he's like, we're going to go right by Appomattox or like, and Monticello. And we're not from here. We're from the Northwest. He's like, we got to stop. And I was like, man, we got to be in Norfolk, but you know, and he's like, dude, we're going to stop. And I'm so, I'm so glad we did. And my mom did a similar thing when we were in Hartford. She's like, Mark Twain's house is like right off the road. Right up the road. Yeah. And again, those are, those have turned into some of the best memories. of these. I've still never been there. I've been on. Oh no. Hartford seven billion times. Yeah. yeah, you it's important to have that 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 you know you have the voices. You know, go go to more parks, go to more parks. You need that somebody to say, no, slow stop and smell the roses. You know, exactly. Find, find a great restaurant, find a good brew pub, find a historical site, something of interest. Yes. And my, yeah, my, you know yeah, a, just slow down, take it easy, take it easy. You're yeah, you know what's a great combine them. Yeah. A great sort of drive-through spot um, where you don't have to have anything scheduled. Uh, and this is something that I found that we've done is uh, is college campuses, like big time oh, college campuses, yeah. especially in the south. Right. Like, yeah. you know, driving through Tennessee or Alabama or, you know, um, where else did we go? Like Florida State or Florida or, you know, some of these really big time campuses. And, and 
you know, like Alabama, we all know, you know, Alabama and the Tide football and blah, blah, blah. But the campus is just unbelievable. And especially for me, you know, I went to a small Canadian university and, and you know, our, our, our uh, football stadium would be compared to like, I don't know, an elementary school stadium in Texas, maybe, or something like so that. Still, still good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, just to get the, like, there's so much more than just the sports facilities. Like in, in Alabama, you go by um, the sorority row where all the houses are and they're huge. And then you go to the, the fraternity row, which is even bigger. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a good stop and it's a good way to get sort of a little bit more than just, um, just those kind of athletic parts and they're oftentimes in the middle of nowhere. So you're yeah. kind of driving through that area and Oh, this is Tuscaloosa. Okay. What's here. <laughs> That's a great point. I, because I, on this most recent trip I did, which was like the kind of the Rocky mountain West, Idaho and Utah and Colorado. Um, I had a moment where I was like, wait a second. I love baseball, especially minor league baseball because it unites communities, it unites cultures, it connects our entire continent. Um, and it's all about the people and the connections. And so if I'm blowing through these cities too quickly, that's, that's what I'm missing, you know? I, yeah, ballparks are great, but if I don't go find a pub, or if I don't go drive through the college campus, then like the, the reason I love minor league baseball is kind of getting lost on this trip. Yeah, my daughter, when we drive through a state, like my daughter likes to collect states and her 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 thing is, is you have to do something, eat something and see something. So that's awesome. When we were in um, when we were in Colorado, we drove my, list Col- with my wife is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> when we drove from Colorado to uh, Salt Lake City, um, the quickest way to get there is you go north, go west through Wyoming and then drop down south well you got to plan really well to do something in wyoming <laughs> yeah yes you do so you know we we had lunch in in cheyenne and stopped and saw the God, stopped cheyenne. and saw the the university uh, of, of wyoming and and yeah so she got to keep wyoming as as part of her uh as part of her list i like cheyenne yeah. it's a nice little city yeah how many states does your daughter have? You know what? Yeah. Uh, I like doing 80 miles an hour in Wyoming. That's what I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. And they've been doing that for years. Like You got to like, plan your – You got actually, what you really have to plan in Wyoming is gas. The number of places where – the number of exits that, that you drive by that say no services at this exit, there's a lot. Uh, yes, my daughter has, I think, somewhere around – I say between thirty-five and forty states. Dude, and she lives in Canada. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. She's only been to two provinces, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I think she's been to uh, seven provinces. So we get around so cool. a bit. At eighteen, that's awesome, man. Man, do do <laughs> any of you listen to Jim Gaffigan, the comedian? Yes, Jim Gaffigan is. Yeah, he's from. Uh, I want to say he's from India. Yeah, Indiana. yeah, he um, is. He has like. A... An... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He, ha- he has a newer special. Well, it was new like last year. I think it was on Amazon Prime. 
where he talks about Canada for the entire special, and he has a whole bit about the different That's provinces. Right. That's and how each province is different and how they were connected. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I live somewhat close to BC. I've been to BC and Alberta, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good bit. Yeah. One of the things, one of the things I remember, he was like, yeah, she got something called the Northwest Territories on your map. It's not from the 1800s. It's from this year. <laughs> you still have territories. <laughs> That's because there's nobody else. I just there. started cracking up, Mike, because he, he it's like just make it a province, you know. Just say, you know, no, what? there's not just enough people to make a, a province. Why not? I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of weird to be where you're from. I was born in the Northwest Territory. I was born <laughs> in the Northwest Territory. My my daughter did chime in. It's it's 36 come up, states. Come up with and the cool provinces. Come up with the cool name. I need to go to Newfoundland. That's the only province I need to go to. Oh, I have not been to so. Newfoundland. Uh, back on the uh, the the speed limit thing, Greg says at one point Montana had no speed limit whatsoever, but then the courts decided that it was arbitrary and capricious to just give people tickets for driving like dingbats instead of for exceeding some arbitrary speed. I don't know. I living in the Northeast, man. I could give out a lot of dingbat tickets. Ooh, <laughs> you know. You know. I. I've seen some people that have started driving again after being locked down so many so long, and I'm like, nah, speed limit's probably a good idea. Don't give oh, people miss, free range. That's what I miss about the pandemic, man. Oh, the, oh, man. the traffic is back. If I'm there's good. there, I miss nothing about the pandemic except for being able to drive around. I drove through Montana a number of times when they didn't have speed limits, and that was fun. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it makes sense because how could you pull someone over if you don't have speed limits? But if you drive off the road, it's going to be a good week until somebody finds you. Oh, that is <laughs> the gosh dang truth, dude. Yeah, man. The thing is, though, too, like, you know, people be like, be careful. And of course, I, I always I'm a, more of a conservative driver. Try to be careful and I want everyone to be safe. But in some stretches of central Montana, you could see for 10 miles like you could see a deer across the road, like, you know three miles ahead so you're good just keep your eyes open dear so how much time uh, we have with you um maybe coming with time thanks man yeah i'm sorry I, this has been so much fun i probably have like five minutes left maybe. okay well we can wrap it up because yeah. we well, don't I, want I you to a, be late to your ball i got a quick one for you since uh since we spent all this time talking about baseball uh tell us a little bit about um being in the Pacific Northwest, uh, other than baseball, what else? What else do you? Uh, what else do you do in the off season? Hey, you stole my question. <laughs> I'm good at that. Um, big Seahawks fan. Um, uh, I work at Gonzaga University, so go Zags. Um, collegiate basketball is pretty big in the inland Northwest because of Gonzaga, um, but Wazoo um, has good teams a lot too. Um, so. I go to a lot of Zags games. I watch a lot of Zags games. I, I work on campus every day. Um, it's a really fun experience. Gonzaga is a small private Jesuit Catholic university with the best team in the country um, or one of the best teams in the country. So um, it's super fun. Um, yeah. Sports are fun around here. We have, you know, the WHL hockey, um, go to Tri-City Americans games, Spokane Chiefs, um, the Spokane Indians do a great job. They were the original AAA team for the Los Angeles Dodgers when the Dodgers moved west. So their stadium is like 
a 1960s triple a ballpark that now has a single a team and it's got a lot of cool history to it so um yeah a lot of good stuff out here wow that's great uh so eric if um our listeners wanted to follow your exploits your travels your adventures online where could they find you oh yeah thanks for asking um on i'm mostly on twitter and it's my name but my handle is at it's so it's eric mertens but you'll see me as Eric, the peanut guy. I'll have my peanut guy outfit on, which I have to throw on here in a few minutes. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Eric, the peanut guy. I'm on Instagram as Eric, the peanut guy, but I mostly just post about hats. I haven't posted it about any of my travels yet. So Twitter is probably the best way. If you search for Eric, the peanut guy or Facebook, and I would love to meet people. I'd love to keep in touch. So yeah, just if you, you know, you're in a ballpark, yell for the peanut guy and you know, it might be Eric. Yeah. yeah it might, right? might be some random peanut guy, but you know, you never know. All good people. Eric with a K, not a C. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's important. Yeah, Eric with a K. K yeah, Mark K. with a C, not a K. Yes. Right. K yeah. <laughs> Did, does well, that annoy you when people spell it with the C? A or little when people bit. make comments like every now and then they're like, "Oh, Mark with a C." That's an odd way to spell it, and they yeah. like they get in this whole conversation. I'm like, okay, be quiet. It's not that weird. No, I mean if they have tax. It's fine, but if they're kind of being dumb like that, yeah, don't attack me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Scandinavian. Yeah. It's a Scandinavian spelling. Come on. Yes, I, I was named after my grandfather, Marco Tulio. So there you go. Oh, there That's you go. Smart, That's though. very special. Alone. Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Well, you bothered me for. Right. <laughs> hey, hey. We'll let you get to your game, Eric. Hey, right. hey. Hey. Right, yeah, thanks for joining us. So we, we ought to do this again sometime. This is a lot of fun. I would love to. This was a yes. I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to this, but I'd only really talked to Mark, so I was like, "Hey, this will be fun." I didn't know it was going to be five really fun guys talking about things we love. So I would love to come back anytime. All right. Uh, to the speed limit thing one more time. Greg just asked. Uh, there's a bridge in Philadelphia somewhere where the speed limit on approach is 35 or something, but everyone goes 60. And if you drive 35, you are a dangerous driver. But if you drive at the speed of traffic, you are speeding. Sure. Uh, that's every bridge in Philadelphia. All of them. That's everywhere in the Northeast. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. But yeah, if you like, even even the Delaware Memorial Bridge, like when you're going over the Delaware Memorial Bridge, it's supposed to be 55. Nobody's doing that. Everyone's doing 80, going <laughs> four lanes across. Yep. And that's why it's such a cluster F when you get to the toll booth, because you got people doing 20 miles an hour over the speed limit or faster, all merging into the lanes for the toll booth. It's fun. Oh, I used to take that trip all, all the time a, back and forth to college. Yeah, no, no, thank you. No, I, 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 I get to do it in August. Uh, it was 40 when I went over it yesterday because of construction. People were still doing 70. Yeah, no, nobody cares. Is it blue gr or green? If it was blue, it's the Ben Franklin Bridge. If it's green, it's the Walt Whitman Bridge. Well, never thought about that. Yeah, we always used to take 95, but now they charge a toll, which 90, kind of ticks me off. 95. We would, we would take, uh, you take US 1, and then that would break off to 295, then you would get 95 towards Langhorn yeah, over that in would, Delaware. Yep. Was you get further down, you got the Betsy Ross, and then for, um, further yeah. up, excuse me, you get the Betsy Ross Bridge, and then the Burlington-Bristol Bridge, whew, which is not fun at all. It's a one-lane bridge. 
over the Delaware? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes, Paul. No, I believe you. I just, I'm trying to pick, I'm trying to picture it. I'm not doubting you. I'm trying to oh, it. I was going to say, I was like, yes, though, it is. Uh, the, uh, the Burlington Bristol Bridge is not fun. And you swear that if you sneeze, you're going over the side. And of course, you're not. But I was just like that. Yeah, I was going to say it's safe, but I was like, it's about as safe as the rest of the infrastructure bridges in America. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then if you go further down the river, uh, you got the Commodore Barry right before the Delaware Memorial Bridge. And that's where Commodore Barry Bridge is right next to, what do they call it this year? Subaru Park for the Union? It's had three dames. Yeah. It's Subaru Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, all right. Well, let's let's get this train back on the track. That this that is, was my contribution this week. Good night. Thank you. Nice bridges, bridge, bridge. This has been Bridge Minute with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, on to the on to the part of the show where we talk about our visits. Well, it's the part show where Mark and I talk about our visits because you know Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, have you been anywhere over the really past couple mean. of weeks? Yes, I've been to a few places. Uh, I just yeah, got Dan, back I can't tease you about it because that's by choice. I just got back from Chicago, and I sort of uh, talked myself out of a, a soccer game. Uh, there was the Chicago Red Stars were playing at SeatGeek Stadium. Totally kind of flew over my mind until I saw the highlights on the news that night. But I did go to Chicago Dogs, uh, American Association, Impact Field, Rosemont, which is a little bit – it's near uh, O'Hare. So if you ever fly into uh, O'Hare, you can check out – uh, the ballpark. You can also check out the uh, Chicago Wolves. They play in the same town. Uh, nice stadium. Very, very elegant, very modern, futuristic. It doesn't look like a typical minor league ballpark uh, when you're there. You're like, wow, they really did a nice job here. They gave out pennants that night. Uh, there was a good crowd there. They're at sort of a limited capacity as well. They have two mascots. When they introduced both of them, the kids went nuts. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a bottle of mustard that had this sort of uh, like like uh, dog face. And Their mascot's a bottle evil, of mustard? The bottle of mustard. Yeah, they're, they're called the Chicago Dogs. So their mascot's a bottle of mustard with a face on it, like a kind of like a, a dog animal face. And then there's a bottle of ketchup. And he's the evil he's the antagonist so he has like a trench coat on and a little evil uh, grin on his face but as soon as they introduced the bottle of mustard there's like a line of like 20 kids trying to get his autograph it's amazing i have never seen that with with mascots uh at the minor league level especially uh mlb partner league i guess it's the official name now uh i was with my brother-in-law parking his three bucks Tickets were, I think, around. Well, we got we got uh, complimentary tickets. I can't tell you how much they were. I think there were eight or eleven, and we we bought some nachos for ten bucks, and they piled them on with either grilled chicken or carnitas, and that filled us up. I mean, those ten that ten dollar nacho was one of the most impressive nachos I've seen at a minor league ballpark or any kind of independent ballpark. Uh, so we had a good time there. I had a lot of fun. It's it's in a really cool neighborhood. Uh, there are outlet stores. There's a Harley Davidson store. There's a, a, some kind of Sky Zone nearby. There's some NCAA headquarters there. There's a lot to do in the area before and after the game. Uh, it's just you got to deal with traffic and tolls. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, we did stop at a place called uh, 
uh, what the heck is it called? Deed in June's. I, I want to, I think that's what the name, the name of the place, uh, a local iconic hot dog stand, which is a couple miles South of the stadium. Uh, we got something called a depression dog. And that is a hot dog with a bunch of hand cut French fries on it. Gene and Gene and Jude. That's what that's why called. would that be a depression? And dog? That place pretty was, uplifting. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, they say that was Chicago's original hot dog, not the one you have with the pickle spear and the tomatoes. Uh, this has relish mustard, sports pepper, and they just top it with French fries. And it was three fifty, three dollars and fifty cents, And you had your complete meal there without the drink and people are eating it outside at their cars and everybody's talking. And I was talking to a guy that was out in New Jersey was telling me about the Italian hot dog. So it was just a cool little thing to do after the game. And uh, it, just, just a lot of fun. I really love going to these hot dog spots or these local food places in Chicago. We could do a whole show about that. We just have to get an expert on here. So, uh, so I did that that day. The next day uh, I was with the family. We did some, some family stuff, played with the five and three-year-old. They're, they're a workout alone. Uh, Father's Day, I drove out to Schaumburg, which is not too far from Rosemont, where the Chicago dogs are. Went to see the Schaumburg Boomers. They play in, in Winthrust Field now. It used to be called Alexian Field years ago when I was there. Typical minor league ballpark of its era, built about 20 years ago. Nice crowd for Father's Day. They allowed all the, the family to go out. They allowed everybody to go onto the field before the game to play catch. So when my video comes out, I'm going to be on the field trying to dodge baseballs because all these little boys and girls are trying to throw baseballs to their fathers and, and even some moms out there. But that was just a cool little thing to do. Uh, that was a fun time, too. Like, both ballparks were very different in design. I felt the Schomburg Boomers had a little bit better food options. They had better beer options. Pollyanna Brewing, which is, uh, is in the Chicagoland area, they make some of the best beers in, in, the, uh, in, in the, that area. Ooh. And they had a nice Pilsner. It was perfect for the day because it was not too hot, not too cold. It was just the, the ideal beer there. They have free parking. Tickets there were 11 bucks. And I, I had fun. I had a really good time there. I saw about three home runs in the first two innings. So I don't know what you can say about the pitching, but everybody seemed to have a good time there. They have a mascot too, but he only came out every now and then he came out, he disappeared. He came out again. He disappeared. I couldn't even tell you what he looked like. I think it was a boomer, which is, which is uh, what the heck a thunder chicken. I think is the name. See, it's, it's an odd little local animal is the boomer. So if anybody can let me know, uh, tell me. And then after that, I went on my way home. I drove through East Chicago. There's a stadium there called Block Stadium. It was built in 1942 as a, a place for high school ball, amateur ball, American Legion. But the it's going through a $5.5 million renovation as we speak. And it is completely being redone. They are doing the exterior, the interior. They redid the roof, the seats. They're adding batting cages. They're adding offices. They're adding a party deck. And I'm really desperately trying to talk to the mayor of East Chicago. I thought I had a scheduled converse, conference with him the other day, but I haven't heard from him. He's not returning my calls. I want to know what team is going in there next summer because it is too good looking of a ballpark to, to just be a high school field. So, And I talked to the, the high school there. I know the athletic director. They said that they're not committed to playing there. Uh, they're trying to. They used to play there, but – 
Uh, I don't know what they have planned. I know uh, the Prospect League has talked to them. I don't know if the Northwoods League has talked to them. Uh, I have a feeling one of those two leagues will put a team in there. Uh, but that's just another cool new ballpark that people can go to in the Chicago area. And Chicago is really building up a lot of these ballparks. It's, it's becoming a really safe haven uh, for visitors not to just go to a White Sox or a Cubs game, but to check out a lot of other great uh, facilities within an hour or two of, uh, of the city. So two ballparks, one ballpark visit, and one missed opportunity at a soccer game. I could have went to a Red Stars game. And I just completely forgot they were playing. I forgot to look them up on my schedule. So, unfortunately, that's that doesn't happen too often. So I'll, I'll be on the they'll be on my radar next time. All right, sounds like a great weekend or a great two weekends. So as for myself, I had a pair of I didn't have a pair of long weekends. That's that's coming up. Um, but two weekends ago, we decided on a Friday night to catch our first Newport Gulls game of the year. So we trucked on down to Cardine's Field. Well, I trucked on down. Pam works in Newport, so I just met her at work, and we went over to Cardine's and caught a game in one of the most unique ball. I agree. Parks that you'll ever see. I know we've talked about Cardine's in the past. Um, got some wonderfully weird and uh, quirky setup, of, you know, because it's so small and so old. It's been kind of built in a hodgepodge manner over the course of a century. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it actually used to be part of the Narragansett Bay and was slowly built up. And then it was a drain basin for steam locomotives. And then they dried that out because it just smelled so say, bad. Say, the, say that bay name again. Narragansett. Uh, Narragansett. 37. That's the first time I learned how to pronounce that word. Yeah, really? you could buy it out here. I don't know what the hell Narragansett, Yeah, they have Narragansett beer, which is really not good. No, idea how to pr- had no idea how to pronounce that. Now I do. <laughs> But yeah, Cardines has, uh, like, for instance, the right field foul line is a cement warehouse. Um, you got both bullpens, both dugouts on the same side of the field. You got both bullpens shared by the two teams on the other side. You've got a fence that goes out to about like 387 feet in left center and then goes straight in in center field to about 275 feet and then goes straight back out again to right field because there's a house there. So, and the, the fence is certain heights, and then it will go down to another height because there's a tree growing through the fence. And Fun. the fence has to come down to make yeah, room for a tree. If a ball hits odd. the tree, it's a home run. But it, it's, a, it's a great place to catch a game. It's a lot of fun. And Newport is a fantastic city to visit. There's a ton to do there, and there's a lot of history, a lot of great yes. restaurants. And the ballpark is literally steps from the middle of everything in Newport. So um, if you're ever well, in... When- What's that, Mark? Oh, no. When I was there, there was an announcer, and he would tell the kids, do not chase the foul ball. They still do, yeah. Or you may get a nine in the hospital because that is the main road going into town. That's how close you are. Yep. Yeah, the, the, uh, behind, the, uh, yeah behind the third base grandstand, I'm sorry if I'm cutting it out here, guys, um, is America's Cup Avenue, which is, like Mark said, it's the main thoroughfare in Newport. So if you chase a foul ball into that street in that direction, you, you are going to get hit by a car. And I, I'm curious over the years how many cars' windshields have been busted just <laughs> randomly driving down that street. So, yeah, it's a great place to catch a game. Um, the porch, on um, there's a pub that's attached to the ballpark. That has been sold and resold and resold. So it's undergoing renovations. So the back porch, which is on field level, 
is not open right now. So that's the only drawback right now to long-time visitors. But yeah, whenever anybody's coming to this area for a ballpark trip, I always recommend Cardines to them. So we followed up a trip to Cardines the next night. We went across the Newport Bridge to South Kingstown, Rhode Island to see the Ocean State Waves, who also play in the New England League. Not a whole lot we can say about Old Mountain Field. It's one of those old community fields. Great place if you live in that community because it's got tennis courts, softball field, basketball courts, skateboard park. It's got a little bit of everything. And the, the summer collegiate baseball team uses the baseball field. But as far as amenities, not a whole lot to do there. Not a whole lot to do to talk about at this ballpark. But it's one of those places where you can bring your folding chair. You can bring a cooler. Set up shop right on the hill that overlooks third base. Great view of the action, and you just you can just relax and enjoy a nice night of baseball. No free icy for chasing down a foul ball and returning it like there is in the Valley League. That was from Craig. No, but actually at Ocean State, you can chase down a foul ball, bring it back. They'll give you a dollar. Oh, a dollar! I've seen that before. Mm. And the competition for the kid, neighborhood kids chasing those foul balls is fierce. I'll take a dollar. Yeah, I mean, you can make money if you want to beat them. Wow. The kids and take their baseballs and return them. You can make yeah. money at this point. Wow. So that's Ocean State. And then uh, we went to a place, and it was really a, a sad visit. Um, you know, ballpark visits are not always sad. But when you go to a ballpark that was built for double-A baseball and then moved to single-A and is now the Summer Collegiate League, and you're there and you can count the attendance on a beautiful Sunday afternoon like I did in Norwich, Connecticut at Dodd Stadium, it was, it was sad. <laughs> there was your first problem. You were in Norwich, Connecticut. No, I mean, I've been going to Dodd Stadium since it opened in the mid-90s. And I've been there for standing room only crowds, the days of the Navigators. And then, uh, you know, went to the Defenders and then the Tigers. And now it's the Norwich Sea Unicorns. Great branding, great merchandise. No fans. No, 200. I would say this crowd, I would estimate it at about 250. Fans. I didn't even know the ball, the, the, the ballpark there was still there <laughs> in a 7,000 seat stadium. 250 people looks like nothing. There's you know? a 7,000 seat stadium in Norwich, Connecticut. There is. And we, we've talked about that stadium. Um, they put it in a really weird place. They put it up in the middle of an industrial park. So it's not far off of interstate 395. But you've got to go through the industrial park to get up to it. It's about three miles up winding hilly roads. So not the best location. About the stadium in Norwich, Connecticut. So, I mean, yeah. nice facility, not nice good. enough. And they had all the concession stands open. Yeah. And the menu was the same as it looked in the past. They had all the craft beers. They had all that stuff going on. It was just people there. So wow, we'll, we'll see how long they can keep that up. Because Wow, that's not, not good. No, What's the team there? The, the Norwich Sea Unicorns. Sea Unicorns. Wow. What's the sea unicorn? It's a narwhal. Norwich. How are they not called the Norwich narwhal? It's too easy, I guess. I don't know. They don't, they're not lines of elevation. Oh, screw you. Norwich narwhal. That's easy. Come on. Yeah. So we did, we did that, and that was sad, And but it was, it was a nice game. That bums and then me uh, out. last weekend, we went to a game that was not so nice. Uh, at least it had a good crowd. <laughs> the final score of the game was 15 to 1. So. Well, you had a Phillies game? Oh, we were at the uh, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats oh. at, in Manchester, New Hampshire, yeah. at North. This this name of this ballpark rolls off the tongue. Northeast Delta Dental Stadium. Yeah, you got it. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, we've talked about North Manchester before. Um, it, it's a nice ballpark. There's nothing really outstanding about it. 
I like the city of Norwich. Had some great barbecue before the game. We found a great barbecue place in New Hampshire. Yes, we did. And so uh, that was that was Manchester. That was my trips over the last couple of weeks. Is there another Norwich Narwhal I'm missing? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, Greg wants to know if if your article was really 2501 because that means his is 2500. No, I, I just made that up. Oh, sorry, Greg. Um, I can actually look at Greg if you're really interested. Message me after the show. I can find out when. I, I, I could. I just posted the new uh, FC since F, FC Cincinnati Stadium, and I think that was the latest we've had. So let me see what that looks. If you look up like. the fanfare box, it'll tell you the number. Yeah, Greg. Greg yeah, I Greg, Greg said, uh, "Oh, you got me excited." <laughs> I don't know exactly who was number twenty five hundred. <laughs> I would just made that up. So, uh, what about for the next couple of weeks? Hey, where are you going the next couple of weeks? Anywhere? Cottage, uh, crazy. <laughs> when are you gonna? When See, are, you, little... are are numbers good or vaccination wise? Are you guys um, gonna start? Well, you know what? It's uh, we are we are opening up now. Of course, sports is is a whole different ball game because you got the border involved, and the border is just is the big deal, right? So, uh, the Jays coming coming home is. I don't know, maybe August. Um, the uh, the CFL is kicking off in August, so hopefully that's um, going to be good. I mean, Ontario, we're down. However, we got a bit of a bubble in in Waterloo Region here, where it's uh, it's not great. Um, I mean, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, so, uh, intercounty baseball, which I, I swore I'd never go to. Um, <laughs> they scraped the bottom of that barrel. Right it's uh, <laughs> it's it's starting soon. Actually, it's where I will be going a lot is um, Kitchener Panthers 14U Single A baseball. So that's my my son's team, and uh, he's hoping to play starting on July 8th. So nice. yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. So the litmus test for Dave is going to be now that he's bought the the cabin. The next time he tries to, to plan a big trip, what the wife's going to say, and if the funds will allow it. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> that is the, uh, I you know that is the that is the question mark. I do have I do have a, a significant kitty from my uh, from my canceled trip to Colorado a while ago. So my mm. my credits on StubHub are quite significant, um, and of course the. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Like the the uh, the newness of being able to go again. I'm sure it'll be great. So, so it's, you're it's, saying it's there's probably a not chance. The, it's probably not the first trip that's going to be a big thing. It's going to be the second one that's yeah. going to be like, <laughs> wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> we do have plans to to polish off Major League Baseball, and and after doing this, we're 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 like, okay, one trip. We're do we're finishing it in one trip. So um, that's looking like 20, uh, a summer of 2022 project. But other than that, lots of books. Uh, just finished uh, one on, it's called A War in Dixie, which is all about, uh, it was day by day, the week leading up to the Iron Bowl, um, the 2000 Iron Bowl. So funny enough, they picked, they picked one of the worst Alabama teams to cover ever. And, uh, you know, an iron bowl that was in the rain and 
and not so stellar, but went thoroughly into the um, into the history of of the of the uh, of the rivalry. You know, Pat Dye and Bo Jackson versus you know Ken Stabler, Bear Bryant. So it it was it was interesting. But actually, one thing I'm into right now, which is really interesting, is uh, John Feinstein, who is quickly becoming my favorite sports writer of all time. Uh, he wrote one a while ago called The Punch, which is this in-depth look at the at the one punch uh, that Kermit Washington land on, landed on yeah. Rudy Tomjanovich that absolutely shook the NBA to its core and changed Absolutely. everything. And oh, it's, that sounds interesting. It's fascinating. But, yep, yeah, that's that me. reverberated throughout the league at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I'm not quite sure, you know, we haven't got back to playing yet after the uh, after the big punch, but uh, uh, Kermit Washington ended up on your, on your Celtics right after. He never played another game for the Lakers again. He, uh, during his suspension, he was traded to Celtics. So, I'll let you know. I'll let you know in a couple weeks what I thought of that. But and of course, we all know that Rudy Tomjanovich went on to bigger, better things. Yes. Mark, how about you? You got any travels coming up? Yeah, I uh, I'm looking at the Richmond Jazz. They play at McBride Stadium, which I think was built sometime uh, before World War II or right after. Uh, That's about an hour away. I've been looking to go back to update that facility along with making a new video uh, that's on my list uh, along with the Indianapolis Indians. I have need to update there as well, waiting for them to be at a hundred percent. And I was thinking about renting a car and just driving like six hours to see the rocket city uh, trash pandas. But I think it's about $150 a day to rent a car now. So <laughs> I may just do local <laughs> literally. I was looking at running a car for, uh, uh the, the North Carolina trip and I think for the week it would have been about six hundred forty nine dollars for rent a yep. car so uh probably just gonna be bringing my car which will be fine it's uh a, l- a little bit of a sticker shock I know that car prices went up but God bless anybody who's traveling right now by plane who has to rent a car from the airport I can only imagine how much those are so yeah just keep things local Richmond would like to get to the new uh, soccer stadium in Cincinnati and Columbus when those when that Columbus opens. Cincinnati is already open. We actually have a review from there, uh, but they're not playing for a few more weeks again there. So there, there's options, just playing things by ear. And I think my wife is getting to the point where she's telling me you've been traveling every weekend to somewhere. So stay put, clean the house, stay in the deck, take care of some other stuff. So, yeah, that's why I only went to Richmond Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richmond Jazz, I think we'll do it. I'd like to get back up to Chicago uh, to check out some more stuff there. So th- there's options. I-, I can't complain. So, all right. Uh, oh, Greg, to answer your question from before, uh, Stadium Journey has two thousand five hundred and twenty-four different reviews right now. Not bad. On our way to three thousand. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, for me, the next couple of weekends, uh, we got two back-to-back. We have back-to-back long weekends coming up. So this weekend, we're going hitting the road. We're going to go down and catch the Lancaster Barnstormers. Nice. While we're in the area, we'll catch the Reading Fighting Phils. And uh, on the way home, if the weather holds, we'll go check out the New Jersey Jackals. If the weather doesn't hold, we'll catch up. Oh. We'll catch the Connecticut Sun. 
So depending on I what Sunday looks like. Well, I'll go catch the trumpet guy and see if he still matters. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Bring him a peace offer to the trumpet guy at the Jackals game. Yeah. And then the following weekend <laughs> is 4th of July weekend and my birthday. So uh, we're going to hit up the, the Woo Sox again for a second time. And we're going to catch the Newport goals on the Sunday. We'll make a Sunday day of it in Newport, which is just always just a fun day. So that's what we're yeah. doing the next couple of weekends. And that's where we're going to end things for tonight. And I want to thank everybody for listening and thank you for your support. So, uh, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online if they're looking for you? Dan Law 83. I guess they can go there even if they're not looking for you. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for me, come, I prefer you go there than look for me because I. Um, Dan Law 83. Stay away from me. <laughs> Mark, where can our listeners follow you online? Ballpark Hunter. Yeah, Ballpark Hunter across all media platforms. Uh, check out my review of Lock Stadium. Uh, I take you inside to show you the construction. Uh, the construction worker let me in, so I did not sneak in. And you, you get a nice little 10-minute video. And uh, Yeah, Ballpark Hunters, Instagram. I need to get on Instagram a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, subscribe, follow, comment, like, do all that stuff. And Dave, how about you? Where at Twitter on at Profan9. Uh, obstructed views coming up. Next one is Bush Stadium, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And the last one, uh, hockey season playoffs. Uh, check out the Anaheim Ducks at the Honda Center. And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And the RI stands for? I don't know. Really interesting. Actually, R.I. stands for Rhode Island, even though I live in Massachusetts now. It's a long story. One of so my favorite over. moments ever. What was that? When you did that the first time, and I just, it was, you saw it, you saw me go, oh, Jesus, and then start laughing. You know what? That, that was really a play on it. I don't know if any of you ever read The uh, World According to Garp. Yeah. And it was T.S. Garp. Yeah. He used to say, the T.S. stands for terribly sexy. Yes. Yeah, uh, but not anymore. <laughs> All right, so anyway, don't forget to check out our website, stadiumjourney.com, and like, follow, share, and subscribe to Stadium Journey on all of our social media channels. You can find us at Stadium Journey. And you can find the podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app or look on Spotify, and we simulcast live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash Law 83 we will be back in two weeks. That is July 6th. And we will be joined by Stadium Journey correspondent Eric Moreno. And we will be talking about the sports venues of San Antonio and Houston. It's a Texas two-step. Until then, be safe with your Stadium Journey. This thing's open back up, and we'll see you on the road. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been